Welcome to the Modern Legacies Podcast. I'm Bob DePasquale, founder of Initiate Impact, where we provide modern financial management for purpose-driven families. And on the Modern Legacies Podcast, we love celebrating today's purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Stick around to the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, Jim Barnish, to Modern Legacies. How's it feel to be on the show, man? Ah, uh, feels great. Great to be here. Awesome. Love, love you jumping on at Modern Legacies. We're all about uh, being as advanced as possible and leaving a legacy. And I think your business, Orchid Black, is is doing that. You just told me a description of why your Orchid Black is the name of your business. I want to start with that. Can you can you tell the audience? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's something that I think uh, so many businesses forget or don't think about when they're naming their business is, you know, what is our mission and what is our impact? Um, and ultimately, um, you know, our, our mission and our impact is uh, based on the foundation that value is not about chasing multiples of revenue or profitability. It's about transferable value to the acquirer that's mm-hmm. looking at potentially buying your business or just plain growing your, the hell out of your business for the next 10 or 20 or 100 years. Um and ultimately, when we were looking at how to name our firm and focus on that value proposition, uh, we came up with Orchid Black because we focus on companies that are in the black or profitable. Uh, we help founders and owners make their businesses worth so much more. And um, like an orchid, if tended to properly, a company can grow for you know as long as potentially possible, right? Over 100 years, in fact, uh, if you're an orchid, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is aspirational for business owners, right? But and that is something that is that's so, so core to our value proposition, which is where our name comes from, is cultivating businesses, helping them grow and making sure that they're as, value, as valuable as possible, whether they're growing them within the family or selling it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine you want your business to be in the black too, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. My business <laughs> is also in the black. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I love how you talk about naming your business being really important. At Initiate Impact, we thought about that too. And we want to initiate people's positive impact in the world. And we want them to be able to feel empowered, to be able to do great things with the businesses that they've created and with their family and leave an awesome legacy that their family, um, that the family can. I mean, the resources that they had to steward them really, really well. And being a business owner, you have a great responsibility in doing that. So can you talk to me a little bit about uh, what Orchid Black is, is doing to help organizations be as good as they possibly can? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So imagine you're a founder or owner and you're hitting, you know, you built a strong company, let's just say, I, um, as many founders or owners do and hitting a lot of targets, but you might be missing some others, Um, might be 5 million, 20 million, 50 million, whatever the number is, but you might get stuck because we all do at times. Uh, Maybe you're still growing, but that growth slows down at some points. Um, And maybe you just wish your targets were bigger. Um, what our program is, or our focus is, is on finding the right founders and owners uh, of technology companies specifically that we can target, where we can help them increase the value of their business at least 50% up to 100% or even higher mm-hmm. year over year. So if we're with them for one year, our promise is that we will work on making sure that that company is 50 to 100% more valuable in the marketplace than they were when we met them. And so obviously we've got to select the right companies, right? We've got to have the perfect people in our business to augment them. And we've got to have the right uh, methodology that allows these companies to, uh, to grow 
and and foster value in their business, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so that is what we do is we identify the right companies uh, where we can add the most value um, in the next six months to three years is typically our typical engagement range. Um, our first step is always a, a quick and dirty assessment that's incredibly complex, but but simple in the way that it's designed so that we can do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. That looks at a business um, from every angle, a 360 angle, which you know, we just didn't see in the marketplace up until we started, you know, Orchid Black. And um, it it identifies alongside, you know, our partners that are that are executing the assessment exactly how this company will be able to drive value over the next six months to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is then what we do is, is we help them execute, right? We partner alongside of founders and owners and help them grow the hell out of their business and create value along the way. Um, and that's that's just something that we've been doing for our, the course of our careers uh, and something mm-hmm. that we're incredibly passionate about. I think it's interesting how you talk about, really. I mean, I, I can tell there's got to be a lot of focus. And I think any business owner has to have a lot of focus in what they do. Um, but but part of what y'all do is you create like an extensive system to help business owners focus, right? Am I, am I right in saying that? That's absolutely a big part of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I think when you look at people's lives and they dedicate so much time to a business and a cause that they really care about, I think you can almost get a little bit distracted uh, with your business, like working on the business and not as opposed to working in the business, right? Absolutely. And so I, I noticed in one of your in one of your posts, uh, blog entries or writings, you, you talked a little bit about needing to have a plan with your life more than just your <laughs> business. Can you yeah. tell me what that means? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's this concept, founder burnout, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That that we all go through uh, as as business owners, but we don't really talk about. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're we're thought we're supposed to be superhuman, right? Um, because <laughs> building a business is hard, and and we know 95% of businesses fail, but who cares? Like we're up for the challenge, right? Um, mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we forget that. Um, as we're working in the business, that it's not only important to work on the business, but on ourselves, right? And on our personal mindset. And so part of our program is actually not only business growth, but founder growth and making sure that you're investing in the right personal development and leadership and not just your team and not just your customers, but yourself, because you are the you are the leader. You are the driving force towards growth within the company. And, and if you are not healthy, your business won't be healthy. And that is something that took me a long time to, to realize. Um, in fact, you know, executive coaching, things like that were always like, it just didn't seem like a, a, a me thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it took the right timing and it took the right person, uh, the right executive coach for me, and also the right founder mindset for me to have the right operating system, personal operating system around myself that I was able to develop my own kind of personal mindset operating system. And I truly do believe that 50% or more of growing your business is actually growing yourself um, and, and your leadership team along with that. Right. Um, And that is, that is a big philosophy that a lot of founders just don't get because they're they're so focused uh, in the business uh, to your point. Yeah. It's it's fascinating how your own self-development really, drives what your business is. Because if you think about it, if you're a founder and you're a business person and you spend a lot of time and you really are passionate, care about this, 
cause or problem, something that you're trying to solve, right? Like every business solves a problem, right? Some one way or another, they, they create something to fix. And if you're so passionate about it, it really is part of your life. So how could, how could self-care not be part of it? I just, but, but you're right though. We miss it. We think that we got to drive so much related to the business technicals and the metrics and everything. And we forget to take care of ourselves. So what are maybe some things that you can do for self-care or for uh, life management? Yeah. Um, everyone's system's a little different. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you know, I, it took me years to identify the right one for me. Um, and it's, um, it's definitely something that we work with founders on quite a bit, but mine is, mine is a pretty simple five part system. Um, okay. number one, I hired an executive coach, but it had to be the perfect timing and it had to be the right coach. Uh, that coach has been transformational in my leadership development. Um, number two, I do, um, these, you know, call it 30 to 30 to 90 day beast mode challenges, if you will, mm-hmm. that are that are something that's sometimes for me, sometimes for the business, but always a little bit of a mix and very challenging to get done, very detailed in nature, but something that's pushing the limit um, that connects to both the business and my personal mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And that is that, that that's right now. That's actually uh, because my health was one of my weakest points. A, a workout regimen and a diet that's really helping me to, you know, not only feed myself, right, but also mm-hmm. feed the business because I'm in a much better mindset and, and able to concentrate more um, mm-hmm. due to, you know, that that level of personal health. Um, number three is, I, it sounds crazy, but I actually have dinner with myself or a, a scotch with myself for at least two hours once a month okay. at the very end of the month um, or at the very beginning of the next month to reflect on the previous month. And to focus on uh, the month ahead, um, goals, right? Little wins, things that you know take time to celebrate, right? And and train yourself for the next month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do the same thing weekly on Sunday nights, um, a little shorter in nature, usually thirty or forty five minutes, just to make sure I'm set up for success that week. Um, and then the final thing um, is might sound crazy to some people, but we all know that you need a three to five year and in, in an annual business strategy, right? Um, mm-hmm. I do that for myself, right? I, I've got my own personal strategy that is focused on things that are, are Jim Barnett centric, not Orchid Black centric. Um, mm-hmm. And and that in turn has been able to really um, help me to integrate what I need and what I desire and am passionate about as an individual beyond the business into my, into my life. So I'm making time for things like my fiance and, mm-hmm. you know, my family and, and things that actually are the reason that we do what we do as founders anyway, yeah. uh, building a legacy. Right. Um, so that's my five part system, executive coach, beast mode challenges, monthly dinner with myself, weekly Sunday night reflection and in, in week ahead. And then, um, my personal, you know, three to five year life strategy. Awesome. And and you mentioned a couple of them maybe being a little bit crazy, but I, you know, I don't really think so at all. I think those are great ideas, especially, especially the end part about, you know, concentrating on the family. You mentioned your, your fiance, you know, I can't tell you how many times, like my wife doesn't know the finer details of our business, but just being able to spend some time with her is helpful to it. Right. I mean, it's just a, it's super important to have that, that reflection time and and the, and the care for the, for, for your loved ones around you. I think it, I think it's really cool. Now you kind of teed me up here. You, 
you mentioned the legacy aspect of things and we are on modern legacies, right? So y'all are working with FinTech companies and helping companies advance. So you're definitely modern. I get the feeling that Orchid Black is about as modern as you can get. Now talk to me about the legacy part of it. What kind of legacy do you think that that you, I mean, have you thought about this, that you have a specific legacy that you want to, um, or is that kind of something growing as time goes on? Yeah, um, it's it's a great question and something that's, that's always top of mind for me. Um, you know, from the beginning, uh, from the start, my family business at the age of 15, which is where I probably experienced the most pain <laughs> until mm-hmm. today. Um, I spent the last 20 years as a number of different roles, right? Entrepreneur, operator, venture capitalist, M&A. But um, throughout all of them, um, there was an incredible and daunting amount of hard work and failure, uh, family squabbles, sleepless nights, uh, mm-hmm. missed goals and targets, right? Um the list just keeps going, right? Um, you know, failed expansion, that's a giant one. Um, and the more that I kind of dialed in on and, and looked at the role that I had in or on the business from all these different angles with technology companies, it was uh, everyone experienced these same growth and value creation obstacles. It was, it was absolutely mm-hmm. crazy, right? It, came, it boiled down to a few core problems that ultimately caused hundreds of problems, right? Um, and these inflection points that happen at different revenue places in the business. And so um, when I think of my legacy, right, it's, um, it's uh, and, and even tied to Orchid Black's legacy, it's how do we help bring these, less, these, these decades of experience for myself and my partners to the table where we can, we can very quickly educate, drive results, and help other founders create their own legacy on the other side of an exit to make sure that we can keep that doing that and repeat to serve as many founders as possible because, because our program is so personal, we can only mm-hmm. take on up to eight to 10 of these a year, right? And so, um, and, and we, you know, we, we're really good at it, but eight to 10 a year is not so scalable, right? So when, when I think of my legacy, it is um, how, do I, how do I increasingly be able to, you know, turn that into nine or 11 or you know, 10 or 12 and you know, little by little be able to, bring the right talent to uh, to the table at Orchid Black to mm-hmm. make sure that we're helping as many founders create their legacy as possible. It may mm-hmm. sound silly that my legacy is tied to that, but I just wish I had an Orchid Black when I was, you know, when, when I was going through, whether it was in the family business or afterwards. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that's, you know, that's, that's just kind of the core of it um, mm-hmm. is really being able to dig in and, and make businesses worth so much more. Well, you, you talked about your your family business a couple of times. Yeah. What what type of business was it? Yeah, so uh, the distribution business uh, is at the core of it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of tangential things aside from that as we grew. But um, when I got involved, is basically your typical family business. Uh, mm-hmm. We were about forty million in revenue at the time, but really looking to grow. Uh, problem was we only trusted family with the family's business. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. you see that a lot, right? Um, so yeah. at the Ripe young age of fifteen, I was uh, put in pseudo charge, or you know, er- early on, you know, became in charge of M and A or inorganic growth. Um, and I, you know, I just want everyone to think about what people are doing at fifteen. That that's not very normal, but <laughs> many founders might, you know, or many many family businesses may do that. You know, putting kind of bringing people into the family because they don't want to bring in outside expertise, and that's what we did. Um, and I had very little to rely on other than you know. Uh, I'm a great problem solver. I had a great gut and I had a lear- learner's permit, I guess we'll call it from, from the beginning of high school through being a, you know, a college student along the way. And 
ultimately, um, I learned firsthand, you know, how to analyze something and what levers needed to be pulled. And despite my age, how to earn people's trust, um, which was a big one. And over the years, you know, through a ton of challenges, by the way, um, we grew the business to 600 million in sales while I was there. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually now over a billion dollars. It's, you know, beyond just distribution now, but, and still family owned. Uh, but, you know, it, it really, it really started to take off when we brought in the right outside assistance to grow effectively. And that was, mm-hmm. um, that was something that, uh, that built this fire inside of me um, to help founders and owners, you know, just really talk to them, learn about what they're going through and ask them about, you know, what, what, what would you do if your company was worth so much more? What legacy would you leave? Like, what would mm-hmm. that mean to you? Um, and to your family. And, um, you know, it's the same questions that I wished in my family we would have asked earlier. Right. Um, and it's uh, I want to help them answer those questions. Um, you know, you, you talk about what you do on in the legacies that, that you drive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're basically the business version of what you do personally. Right. You help them create a ton of personal wealth and and, mm-hmm. and have to build a lot of trust. That's the same thing that we do for businesses is there's so much trust involved in so much relationships. And so, um, you know, investing in those at both the business level and the individual and the founder level are incredibly important. And I learned a lot of that as, as we started bringing in outside help at the family business. You know, I, I appreciate you opening up, uh, up uh, opening up about that because yeah. I think a lot of times we can, we can jump to, uh, you know, responsibilities that maybe we don't think we have. And it sounds like at 15, they kind of threw you right to the wolves, man. That's crazy. That's Indeed. Cool. Yeah. Right. right to the wolves is probably the perfect sentiment. There. <laughs> but, but, but that's how you learn. I mean, you learn through experience. I think, I think stories and experiences are the ways that we learn best as humans, right? Yeah. I mean, we can study all the technicals we want. We can go to all the schooling, which you need, you got to have those backgrounds, but you got to be able to experience things. And when I, but I've seen, you've mentioned a couple of times too, the work that we do with families it, the, the deeper conversations that we have about the purpose of what they do and the causes that they care about are where we really feel makes the true connection and how yeah. it helps them come together and accomplish more than what they want to. I mean, they, you know, you talk about the sum of the whole being more of, of just the parts put together, right? I mean, it, you can be exponentially more powerful when you're on the same page and maybe don't have the same exact passions, but you understand each other's perspective and passion. So when you're in a family business, you mentioned the typical family business. A lot of times I think that that communication is not there. And then if it grows from 40 million in revenue to a billion, like you mentioned, or even if it goes from 500,000 in revenue to 5 million, there can be some disconnects there because you're concentrating on the business so much. So I really, really appreciate how you talked about it. It's almost like you kind of like have lived in our business for a little bit. (laughs) Um, Well, and trust is everything, right? I mean, that's the thing is when you're built a family business, whether it's to 500,000 or 500 million, it is, it bringing in outside people is one of the hardest things that decisions that you've got to make, right? Aside from exiting and passing that through generations and, you know, whatever these hard decisions that you need to do are. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it is something that um, to your point, you only learn from either experience and failure Mm -hmm. or from stories in success and, and failure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, and that's, that's something that I, that I wish I had more of early on. Absolutely. No, I, I think w- what I would love to dive into more with you, yeah. um, is how that you're actually 
addressing these things with business owners, right? Like, I mean, how do you get them to recognize? Because I think sometimes that's probably the hardest part. Once they get it, it's like, oh no, I need to put time towards this. But how do we get them to recognize that there, there's something coming there, right? It, maybe it's not a problem yet, but if we don't address this now, then we're going to go, we, we might grow our revenue on our company and scale, but we're going to get to a point where we got to look back and like, oops, <laughs> we skipped a bunch of stuff there where we should have been in better yeah. communication. Big time. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think um, the first part is in order for someone to work in our program, right? Um, it, it, our founder and owner and a company to work with us and, and be a great fit. Um, it is, they've got to be ready. Right. Um, and I mentioned my readiness around executive coaching. Mm -hmm. um, they've got to be ready for not only coaching and advisory work, but education around, um, you know, the pain points that they've actually already exhibited, right? We're not, we're not typically working with the 25 year old that just started a business that, that feels like they're growing so well because they went from hundred K to 500 K right. Um, yeah. Overnight. Right. We're working with companies that are typically between 3 million and 50 million um, oftentimes first or maybe second generation um, and have built a really great business, but are looking for what's next. They, they, mm. they've hit some sort of wall. That wall could be growth. That wall could be going out to market to sell their company and realizing that it's worth so much less than they thought it was when they looked at what it's actually valued, what companies are actually valued at, which is that transferable value uh, that I mentioned, rather than mm -hmm. just simple multiples. Like a lot of people think it's a multiple of EBITDA and that's it, right? That's not how it actually works when you get mm -hmm. when you go out to sell your business. Um, and the idea of um, the idea of breaking down each of these elements into you know, what value creation could look like is more of they're coming to us with a real problem and that they're coming to us ready for growth. And so it's it's less about education on the problem. It's more about education on the solution. And and so mm -hmm. that's, again, two categories, business mindset, founder mindset, um, you know, uh, on the business side, which is where we you know, where we have the most execution focus from ourselves. Um, you know, it's typically strategy and talent misalignment, right? Um, you know, uh, a number of things around, around you know, strategic and, and talent items. Um, mm -hmm. It's typically things like pricing and cost issues that are limiting potential. Um, could be, you know, stickiness and virality and things that like uh, the level of customer success and operational efficiency, things like this that are, that are, um, that are holding a company back that you don't really notice when you're, in the business <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you need to take a step back. You need to experience the pain. You need to hit some sort of roadblock for it to be able to, for it to be a really great fit with us. And you gotta be ready to bring in outside assistance. And so you asked about the education. It's really about, you know, we understand you're going through these issues. Let us pinpoint the most important ones that can increase the value of the business a lot immediately, right? Short-term value. Let's put together a growth strategy that together is going to make this company take it to the next level, right? And then let us, you're not going to just hand you this roadmap, right? Um, and expect you to do everything on your own. You know, we're going to work with you side by side in a very uh, incentive focused structure because, you know, I think cash for fees for consultants is the craziest thing. If you can actually do your job right and you're actually helping the business, why wouldn't you actually put your incentives aligned with their performance, right? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you do that? Which is what we do, right? We align incentives with performance, whether that's taking a percentage of sales or, or equity or something that's 
what we're driving around value creation. And so you got, you got, you know, the pinpoints, you fix the short term obstacles, put together the long-term strategy, and then you're executing against it. And then we'll help them find the right acquire or the right, you know, whether that's just taking some chips off the table, passing it to the next generation, or mm-hmm. most often actually finding a private equity group or a strategic sale for them to go to. Um, it's, it's something that is uh, incredibly powerful um, that is um, incredibly personal at the same time. Yeah, it's totally personal. And you, yeah. you mentioned generational impact a couple of times, I think. Yeah. As we think about modern legacies, that's really what it's about. What are the next generations? What, what, how are we going to be forward thinking with our legacies? So, uh, Jim, I really appreciate you coming on the show, dropping some knowledge. Uh, please check Jim out and the team at orchid.black. Uh, Jim also, he's very active on LinkedIn, so I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll answer you there. Jim, what am I missing? How, how else do we get a hold of you? Those are perfect. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at either Jim Barnish Jr. or Grow Smart, Grow Fast as well. Um, and I take office hours every week. So even if it's, you just got a question, you want to get pointing in the right direction, right? I do that so that I, not just to help drive business for Orchid Black, but to help founders that I know are out there beyond the companies that, that we serve. So if you just have a question or want to, you know, want to be pointed in the right direction around business growth or founder growth, just re- reach out. I'd be happy to make a few, take a few minutes of my time. Awesome. That's that's very gracious of you, Jim. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, keep leaving, keep thinking modernly and leaving a legacy, brother. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bob. Hey, it's Bob DePasquale again of Initiate Impact. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Modern Legacies podcast. If you're a purpose-driven entrepreneur and you want to be on the show, please visit our site at initiateimpact.com slash apply, and we want to get you on the show. And if you got something out of the interview, would you share it out on the socials? We really want to spread our message to as many people as possible. And if you just take a quick screenshot or you send out a message to a friend of yours with the hashtag modern legacies, we would really appreciate it. Now we're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss anything, you can subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews also will do a lot to help us spread the great message. If you want to know more, go to our website, initiateimpact.com, or you can check us out on LinkedIn. We have a Facebook page, Instagram, and even Twitter. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.